0: show yeah man it's your boy black c from rbl posse man one half of the rbl posse man and you listen to that graffiti talk radio man one love your boy black signing out
1: It's your boy, Fresh. along with my partner in crime, Bumbleclap. Bumbleclap, where
0: you at? Right here, homie. Um, you know what's up?
1: Chilling, and uh, got my other partner in crime. Thank you, thank you. Where you What's up? Where you at? I'm here. Yeah, man. We got a special guest tonight. We got Black Sea from the legendary West Coast group, the RBL Passive. What's going on, Black?
0: What's up with you, man?
1: What's up with y'all? Yeah, man. It's, it's just uh, good to have you on the show, man. And, uh... I said just uh to start things off, man, uh, you know, where, where was you born at and uh where did you uh come up at and when did you decide to get to meet? Uh as far as I was born, I was born and uh raised in San Francisco,
0: man, uh from Hunters Point.
1: You know, the Hunters Point
0: side, actually from the projects uh, Harbor Road, you know, that's the Opposite side, we're rapping Fote and and JT, the bigger figure. All of them is from, you know, they all from Fielmo and uh, I'm from Hunters Point. That's uh on the other side, closest to uh, where you can see Oakland. We right off the water, some projects right off the water. That's called Harbor Road.
1: So yeah, man,
0: you know. And uh, as far as music, uh, what got me into music, I said it's uh, a little bit of my parents, you know, slapping. Funkadelic and all the P-Funk All-Stars, you know, George Clinton, Marvin Gaye and all that while I was growing up, you know, slapping all that. And and also, I would say the rap influences would have to be probably, you know, most definitely N.W.A. If you notice our first cover, man, we damn near looking like N.W.A. on our covers, you know what (laughs) I mean? So it would definitely be N.W.A. And uh, as far as local talent, man, we were really motivated me to get in the studio was actually Richie Rich and 415, you know, Richie Rich from uh, Oakland, part of a group called 415 back in the days, you know, 415, d Local, brother Broski and them, and uh yeah. Nut, IMP, you know what I mean, rest in peace Kube Them Them yeah. were the two motivators that really, really got me in the studio and made me like, you know, when I get out, because I, w- I was actually in the boys' ranch, log Cabin, uh, from going through gang bang and shit, I got shot in my eye and lost my eye and was going through hella crazy shit. We were spunking with Philmo, you know, rapping Forte and JT, the bigger figure in them side of town real yeah. hard. And uh, Sunnydale also. Man, I lost my eye. I was in juvenile and was almost about to go to YA. And, uh, yeah, it just that they came up there playing that cool nut, man, slapping that uh, 415 and that cool nut, And it just was kind of like, damn, this is, you know, i huh? I'm ready to get into this shit. I could do this. You know what I mean? And Yeah. Yeah, so when I got out, one of my boys on in my neighborhood named Buttweiser was rapping, and uh, he kind of showed me what I needed to do. He kind of took me to the pawn shops, and we went around buying all type of equipment and stuff like that. And uh, I actually was going to be a solo artist. Mr. C came along a little while later, but I put out a couple solo songs around the neighborhood. That took off pretty good, and I uh, actually did a song, uh, did bammer Weed before Mr. C got, got on it. called It was called Don't Give Me No bammer Joint. We don't smoke that shit in Hunters Point,
1: and oh, it took sure.
0: off. Damn. Yeah, that was the first. That was the first copy of, of Bammer Weed before it became bammer Weed. We don't smoke it in SFC. You know what I mean, my right. boys. And then was like, man, we need to pull in the whole Frisco, you know, because we had just yeah. stopped all the gang banging, and you know, brought Philmo up there, and we, you know, called the truce and. I ended up going back in the studio and switched the song up to Bam and Weed. We don't smoke it in the SFC. F- 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 and, uh, yeah, the rest was pretty much history. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: that's what's up, man. So, look, um, when y'all was, uh, you know, getting, you know, getting the music out there, look, did they have the, uh, the swap meets around that way too? Where he was selling music? No, not, out, not.
0: Nah, not out here where we was at. You know, they had a lot of mom-and-pop stops, but we didn't have swap meets and shit like down in L.A., you know what I mean? We didn't have, like, flea. I mean, we had flea markets that they did, little pop-up flea markets on the weekends. where you can go, like, in San Jose and stuff like that, but we wasn't really pushing albums there. We really was uh, out in the Bay Area, man. We was going out to Music Annex, press up our CDs, and then we was, like, hopping out just in neighborhoods, you know what I mean, going to high schools and just neighborhoods pushing it like that. It was a couple one stops around here that we I found out about later on which ended up leading me to get my deal with Intermittent Records. But it was one stops like uh the music people which turned into uh intermittent Records and then it was City Hall Records, Walter and them, you know what I mean, out here.
1: Word, word. And uh
0: that was pretty much it. It wasn't no it wasn't no 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 fle- uh no no swap meets and none of that around here
1: at all. Okay. Yeah, so look, uh, you had mentioned Intermittent Records. Did was Intermittent Records uh, like a? Uh, did it become a distributor later on? Because I remember a few tapes that I had got, you know, like because for instance, uh, Master P. I think the uh, uh that the first the first album, the first true album, uh, Understanding mm-hmm. the Criminal Mind, that was under Intermittent Records. So was Intermittent Records exactly. a distributor?
0: yeah that that's what they that's what they really were. They were the distributor first. They was like a little one stop distributor place and um basically they it was uh Elliot blaine owned the music people they was the They was the one stop uh distributor place where you could bring your c d in and get it distributed. but then his son Jason started a record label because everybody was coming through there and he seemed like a lot of us dudes that's coming through was off the streets, and we really didn't know the business. And we were just trying to get distribution. He seen that we didn't really have our record labels down. We didn't have all our, our paperwork together. You know what I mean? So he yeah. started up minute records within the music people. But when people come through, he'll try to throw you a little deal. Like, man, you want to sign? We can do all the pressing for you. You ain't got to press it up. We'll press it up for you, this and that. And we'll give you like an advance on this, you know. They were giving out like $10,000 advances and stuff like that and and motherfuckers was jumping out the boat us totally insane (laughs) imp delinquents there was a few people that had signed. you know what i mean at the time so that's that's kind of how they came about but it was the music people was the main company that was the ones distributing everybody from true uh just ice they had a lot of people too short earlier stuff was going through the music people to get out to all the stores you know, right. a lot of people was up over there. Yeah, a lot of people. He ended up signing. Yeah, Andre Nicotina at the time yeah. he ended up getting signed. You know, everybody. You know what I mean? Really, we all followed. We all followed. Uh, really, we thought that short and them was really over there signed to them. But really, Short and a lot of them dudes was over there just dealing with the music people. We thought that they was over there signed to Intermittent. Because sometimes they had put the Intermittent logo on projects that wasn't Intermittent Projects. You know what I mean? They were just over there getting distribution through them. And that's why we jumped out like, oh, we're going to be on a label with Too Short and, 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 and P and all them. we like, oh, yeah, man, we're chewing them. we like, yeah, let's go on and do this deal. You know what I mean? And come to find out, we was the only one signed to an artist deal. You know what I mean? Us, IMP, Andre Nicotina, um, I believe it was uh, Totally Insane, um, and uh only only people that wasn't that didn't sign that was smart was uh Selsky. You know. Selsky is about the only one. I think in was two signed. They did like one album or something over there with him or something back oh, then. Oh. Yeah, but that was uh that was definitely a one stop man and ended up turning into a record label, to sign, you know what I mean? Gaffled a lot of people.
1: Right. So so look, doing um uh, doing Master P early days, did you did you come across them? When 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 he was coming up, oh yeah, yeah, I used
0: to see him all the time, all the time. We did a lot of shows at Richmond Auditorium over there. We could see P over there at um at uh in a minute all the time. You know they barbecues and just hanging out, going through their handling business. We'd be coming over there to press up more CDs and do whatever. You know, going there talking business, and we we
1: used to see P all
0: the time. EA Ski, Master P. I mean, 40, 40, all of us, we all was around each other all the time, and It was like one big family back then. We always seen them. T and them from Wall Records, who put out CBO, yeah, because that was really kind of like the only place that was kind of handling the CDs back then. It was them and it was City Hall, but in a minute it had more accounts than City Hall. City Hall word. was just like the music people, like you know, I mean, but they didn't have a record label they were just straight up you bring your stuff over there you can leave them on consignment do whatever you know what i mean and they weren't doing no advances See, a, Usually music people was giving advances and they had more accounts especially in the markets that we was trying to tap into them seattles and portlands and you know denvers and yeah. you know and arizonas you know all the phoenix and all that you know arizonas and all that so yeah you know all the way out to the midwest kansas cities and detroits and all that you know
1: what i mean they had them accounts so yeah, right. yes, sir. Yeah, so um, what what was the original name of the group when we y'all started forming? Who and who who did well, you we, did you hook up with at first? Well, when
0: I first did it, when I first was doing it, I was gonna be a far as RBA, I was gonna be a solo artist, and then my boy T Lo. I don't know if you know T Lo, my boy, at home and Black Power Records, who put out the first compilation of. Trying to Survive in the Ghetto.
1: Yeah, yeah. The first compilation
0: uh, back then, Herm Lewis. Yeah. uh, We got him talking on our songs, too. Like, in the beginning, I'm the one that kind of got Herm into the music. I brought him to the studio, and he caught the bug once he came and talked on my album. He was just Uh, like, you know, I brought him, met him, hooked him up with TC, and he didn't leave the studio after that. He was down there all the time (laughs) and stuff. You know, we had him come in and talk on a on the album give some little positivity before we started getting into you know talking a whole bunch of ruckus and shit so what happened was he put out my he was going to put out my boy t-low t-low was originally was supposed to be in rbl i was trying to get t Lo to go to the studio with me because i was a little nervous about going and trying to press up an album by myself because i didn't want to fail by myself i was like man i need somebody who could really rap to really lead the front, because I was really into producing beats back then. I was really the beat, man. I just kind of turned into a rapper,
1: you know what right. I mean?
0: And I tried to bring T-Lo, T-Lo was like, man, I ain't really, you know, I'm trying to really grind, but I don't want you to count on me to come to the studio. He's like, man, my, my sister's girl, I mean, my, uh, my girlfriend's brother, he rapped. You know what I mean? I could bring him yeah. down there, and, you know, maybe y'all could do something. When he brought him to the studio with my boy, Mr. C.,
1: and we yeah. came
0: down there. We made a song called Hit Squad New Jack. And we was actually called the Hit Squad. That's the name I was really trying to push uh. at the time. And then we found out that Eric Sermon and them had the Hit Squad. They would start pushing the Hit Squad. And I was like, man, these niggas are bigger than us. We ain't going to really be able to use that name like that with these niggas. You know what I mean? Eric Sermon yeah. and, and Parrish, you know, they, they got a bigger name. So. My boy T-Lo gave us the name, one T-Lo. He was like, man, well, man, you know, shit, y'all Rupi's by Law. Y'all the by Law, Kirk, you know what I mean? What yeah, shit, shit that? Yeah. He used to always call us that when we used to be going to the studio. He was like, man, my whole Rupi's by Law camp. And we never yeah. really tripped off the meeting or nothing. We just like to be a fan. I always just like the way it sounded, Rupi's by Law. So we end up going to the, uh, when I ended up going to press up the CD, I mean, going to go do the CD, actually at TC House, to really redo all the songs that I did in my studio. Uh, we end up shortening it because I thought it was too long. And I was like, man, that that ruthless by law just sound too fucking long. I was like, man, we need to probably just shorten it. to RBO posse, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And Mr. C was like, oh yeah, that sounds kind of clean. And then I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna. I think we just need to use RBO posse. So we pressed up a bunch of hats, a bunch of shirts, and was passing yeah. them out locally with RBO posse on them and shit. Going to the mall, to them little local little Asian spots, and they. We had the little RBL inside of Diamond and shit and we kinda was running with that back then and that's how kinda like how it came about. And, yep, that's that's what's yeah. up. and we pushed on right. with that. Right. And mm-hmm.
1: so um so when y'all had dropped uh what's that the uh the the, the niggas on high? What was that? Right. Uh was, was that the, uh, the label where y'all ended up with uh, with Block Records? Nah, the, uh, what happened was I ended up
0: uh, starting up my own label later on. You right. know, because Jason and then was acting a little funny with the money and shit, and then they was kind of tripping.
1: So what I did was, after okay, the this second with album. Rock?
0: Oh. Nah, you talking about Big Block Records?
1: Yeah, Big Block Records, yeah.
0: Now, Big Rock Records was, uh, was started up by one of my dudes that's on the album cover. Either a uh, oh. dude that's standing up with his hands crossed, booby.
1: Okay. Okay. So, you know, because
0: what happened was a lot of people thought that they was on the album, like, was wanting to start asking questions. Like, when we used to go out and do shows, people used to be like, well, which one is you? Who, which, what song you sing on? And... <laughs> we just yeah. asked him to take the picture. You know what I mean? It was only me and Mr. C the whole time, but people used to think it was a whole group, like everybody rapped and was like, you know, what I mean, but them niggas didn't do nothing. They just was there for the picture. They just my homies from the block. I was just like, bro, won't y'all come take this picture with us?
1: Just make us
0: look deep, and you know, because I got RBO posse, and I don't want to have RBO posse, and it's only me and Mr. C on the picture. It's like where the posse at? So I was like, yeah, man, yeah. won't y'all come get in the picture to make it make more sense? And they was like, all right, I was like, man, go get your RBL jackets. So they used to be coming out to the shows and doing a local shit with us, and everybody from Harbor used to be, you know, RDL down, so I made my main niggas who I really grew up with, throw on their shit and made them get in the picture, so but everybody all started right. asking them questions about it and all that shit, and them niggas couldn't answer they was kind of like, oh, uh, we don't uh, we do not do nothing, and this and that and and then yeah. they started feeling some type of way because once we started going out of state it was only me and Mr. C going. They start questioning, well, why we can't go and this and that. And then that's when the jealousy started kicking in. So Booby started up his own record label, which was B-Real Records. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we found out somebody else had that name and then he switched it to Big Block. And then once the split happened when Mr. C got killed, that's when it was like RBL against Big Block. You know what I mean? All that shit transpired. And, you know, I brought some new young, 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 young talent up there, the young niggas. And it was kind of like a split happened once Mr. C got killed. I had Hitman and Noh Mafia, all them young dudes, yeah, yeah. and it was like Booby had the other side of the set, and it was, and it, you know, a lot of the shit transpired after that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it got crazy.
1: Was it was it, would all would all the uh, San Francisco
0: Examiner uh, like interviews and articles? Were they were they like overblown? Like, cause they were trying to blow it up to be like y'all against them, and all these murders and all that. Um. It wasn't really overblown. Was, some of it was exaggerated. I would say on their side because they were trying to make it seem like Boobie was some big old gang leader and all that shit. And, it, and he yeah. really wasn't like that. I mean, there was a lot of shit going on. Yeah, at the Mr. C, yeah, it was, it was, really, it was going down. It was definitely sure. going down. You know, my little brother, they was kind of really trying to put him out there like he was just some real mass murderer going around there just killing up shit, doing a lot of shit. And they was like really trying to target him and trying to get him off the streets. Because it, it was yeah. a lot of shit going down. It, it definitely was. But, but well, then they was kind of over-exaggerating a little bit of it, too, though. Because it was like Booby really wasn't a part of nothing. He was a hustler up there, but he really, as far as funk, he really wasn't really doing nothing. He wasn't a part of nothing. And even me, I was still doing my music thing. It was like our young homies was at war. We really, me yeah. and really wasn't a part of nothing. It was kind of like sort of like how you start up, and like how them niggas start the Crips and Bros, but then the young niggas run wild with it. Once yeah, you, you know, yeah. you get niggas following something, they really go hard with it. And it's like, yeah. you know, the older dudes, can fell back and they doing their thing. They getting their money and they chilling. And it's like, you know, the young niggas is like, nigga, hold on, we go, we we taking this shit serious. We we going hard. So it was a lot of dudes around there who was repping RBL, who really wasn't part of RBL, who was around there from, like, certain turfs like West Point and a lot of our little allies we was fucking with who was really going hard with that shit. And, you know, my little brother was fucking with a lot of people. He was up there fucking with a lot of dudes. And a lot of them little big block dudes was fucking with a lot of dudes. It was like the whole hundred point starts splitting up. You had certain turds fucking with us. You had yeah. certain turds fucking with big blocks. And it just caused a whole bunch of shit. A lot of lives got lost around that motherfucker.
1: You know yeah, what I mean? Right unnecessary
0: so, yeah. shit. I'm a lot of unnecessary so. shit, man. Hell yeah. unnecessary.
1: Yeah, yeah just but, uh, yeah, it's just that uh, that age old story, man. You know when you uh you start something up and then it be it don't be the main crew, but it be the little entourage that you have with you. Mm-hmm. It be the entourage exactly. be going at it and 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 it like everybody else.
0: Yeah. Mhm. Exactly. Exactly. Because my shit was getting towed up behind that shit. I mean they they showing me dudes with RBL tattoos and dudes' houses they done not rated up there and. RBL what? bandanas, and they start, what they start doing, they start using our promo shit as gang-banging material, like, you know, like all the RBL bandanas that we hand out and was giving out for shows, <laughs> our little crew members start passing that shit out in the hood, and niggas using RBL bandanas, and Big Block went pressed up Big Block bandanas, so now you got motherfuckers around there like Crips and Bloods wearing RBL and Big Block bandanas, you know what I mean? Damn. And oh, it just, gosh. it just... Oh, yeah. It was crazy. Oh, that shit, It was it was bananas around that motherfucker for a minute. And, I mean, it's calmed down a whole lot now. You still got certain motherfuckers who still really repping RBL hard over there doing their thing. You still got dudes who repping Big Brock, but it ain't been no killings. Everybody kind of minding their own business, doing their own thing. And yeah, I'm thankful yeah. for that, that it done calmed down a whole lot. You know what I mean?
1: No doubt. And there's a lot of
0: dudes that went there the whole lot of time who who done got out now, and motherfuckers is minding their own business. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's cool now. The climate done done cleared up a little bit. Plus, a lot of turfs done break down when it used to be a lot of dudes together. Now it's like inner turf shit. You know, turfs against turfs now, and it's like dudes used to hang together. Now they split up, and it's like everything is breaking down now to where it's like every man for himself now. So it ain't really them big squads like that no more. That shit is over with. Wow, man, you know so. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Mm.
1: So, yeah, man. So, uh, with Mr. C, man, how how was he? You got into Mr. C stories.
0: Man, I mean, shit, we're kind. I mean, I I, I got a whole lot. I mean, my boy Just, was, you know, he was that ladies man. man. He was a, he was the party man, <laughs> man. You know, yeah. the thing I love about him once he left, you know, I was the hard side. I was the muscle. You know, what I mean, Mr. C kind of was like when we got him. He had he was mainly into just straight rapping. All he loved was music, rapping, and fucking with females. You know what I mean? That's it. That, he was more of that player type motherfucker. He wasn't in the projects with us. He didn't grow up with us, slanging and banging, doing juvenile time, damn doing YA, doing YA time. He came straight, you know, from being at his grandma I'm in them house, rapping, being into music, and really just fucking with bitches and shit, and going to school. And yeah. that's what he was. And then you know, a lot of dudes was up there real jealous of him because bitches used to come through. Man, flocking that nigga. That nigga was Young Casanova, man.
1: You know what I mean? And he the one
0: that brought the party shit to RBL That's why once he left, the party vibe, the party anthems and shit kind of left because he the one that kind of brought that shit. He, he had that in him, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, we used to go yeah. to Detroit and Man, all like we just live in Detroit, man. Flint, Michigan, man. All out there, man. In Detroit, all them motherfuckers, man. They used to love them some motherfucking Mr. C, man. Uh, you know, my boy yeah. was so fucking dope, man. Metaphor, man. You know what I mean? He, yeah. Oh man, you know what I mean? And shit, it's, you know. I, I miss my boy a lot, man. Because once he left, man, we lost the bitches. That's that's one thing I will say, man. All the females uh, flocked away from us. We got too hard once he left. When he was yeah. around, man, we had the females. You know what I mean. We lost him. When we lost him,
1: yeah. we lost him,
0: man. We lost all that. So, yeah, man, I, yeah. I, I really, really miss my boy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so when he when he passed, how did that uh, affect the music? You know what?
0: Man, it, it affected kind of a whole lot, you? man. Yeah, I was, you know, Millie put me in a slump to where, you know, our damn near was finna stop. You know, our yeah. damn near wasn't even finna do music no more. It was just like the fun left. Because he yeah. was the, you know, he was the fun. He was the one in the studio getting it fired up. He the one coming in the studio, got the drink, you know, talking the shit. He can get the freestyles going. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I said, I was more of the beat man making the beat. But when it came to allowing the, to like the hooks and, Making them party type songs where, you know, females like it, he brought all that. So once right. we kind of we lost him, the music changed. You could tell that from Ruthless by Law going into the I for an I album.
1: Yeah. It was a total
0: different feel. That was I for an I was more me and, yeah. and, and my side of RBL.
1: Well,
0: Mr. C, man, we'd have had a lot more uptempo ish party type, gangster funk type shit going on. You know what I mean? Right. I and mean, with me, it was more like funk funk mob shit, because I was on that funk mob type shit, and Mr. Yeah. C was more into how could I say it? He, he kind of had that East Coast vibe, too. You know what I mean? Because he liked it a lot of East Coast dudes, which oh, I wasn't up on. He put me up on a lot of East Coast rappers that I really wasn't on. All the Master Aces that was out at the time, and yeah. Redmans and all them that I normally wouldn't listen to. He listened to that shit. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. It affected music, man. Tragically, you know what I mean. Tragically, it was a good thing that I still had Mr. Hitman. Hitman was kind of like one of those rapper dudes like that, but Hitman really wasn't good with the ideas as far as RBL. Hitman shit was a little bit more, um, how can I say? Like, you know, his metaphors. He used a lot of shit from TV and cartoons, and like he was still kind of like a kid to me. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: His shit was a little bit different than, than than Mr. C. You know, so. Yeah, it, it kind of hurt. It, it hurts the group a whole lot, man. You know what I mean? A whole lot. If he was alive, man, they don't tell him where we'd be right now today. That Atlantic right. deal would have been so lucrative.
1: Yeah. You know, that we had
0: a nice lucrative deal sitting on the table before he died. And they still went on and did the deal with me, but they cut a lot of coins and a lot of cash flow, you know, and still did the deal with me. You know what I mean? And it just wasn't the same. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the same. Man,
1: yeah. man so... Uh, well, what type of what type of deal was it? Was it going to be the traditional five album contract?
0: That's exactly what it was. It was three three mandatory albums. Um, they were starting uh, our first album off at like three. Uh, it was three twenty five for the first. or it was, when he was alive, it was like three seventy five yeah. for the first album. But when he died, they tried to get me. They went down to two fifty. You know what I mean? And it went on up, and it was based on how many we sold, if we went gold, you know, certain points went up. We already was at, like, 16 points, and that was, like, unheard of. My lawyer did his thing with with us. We was getting, like, 16 points. When I think at the time most artists was getting, like, 11 or 12 or something like that, they weren't really getting too many points. And uh, we was at, like, 16, and our third album was going to be at, like, 450. And by the time we got to our third mandatory, we was at almost like five seventy five.
1: You know what uh, I mean? So
0: yeah. it was going to be some nice money on the table. And we was producing our own album, so it wasn't going to take that much to do an album. We had our own studio. We was going to do everything. On the only person we started buying beats off of was Enhancer and Selsky yeah. at the time. You know, because they was like, we want what y'all do. We don't want y'all to have to go out. Y'all want to go deal with other artists or whatever. That's fine. But we want y'all to do whatever y'all do. So they was giving us, the power to do whatever we wanted to do was bring put bring together whatever type of album we wanted. And it wasn't going to take us no 375,000 all the way up to no 575 to do no album. You know what I mean? Right. We would get that motherfucker within like 25, 30 racks. So everything else right. was going in the pocket. And we was going to get every, we was going to make all that back. You know what I mean? Because we was hot at the time. So
1: we right. got
0: on tour and did, man, and did well. You know what I mean? Because even though when yeah. I album did, did cool, it did well. We sold like almost 300 and some thousand units or a little over 300. With yeah. Mr. C being alive, I know for sure we would have damn near it would because it would have been a different album. The atmosphere right, would have yeah. been different. It would have been no drama between us on, and our old friends on Harbor. We would have had right. Frisco support. You know, the city wouldn't have been split up behind us. It would have been all supporting, and it would have, it would have been did just like the Rufus by Law album did. It would have did well. Yeah. So, the sky would have been the limit, man. I think we would have been a a, a a household name on Atlantic Records right now to this day. You know, we would have been doing shit with T.I.s and the Fat Joes and everybody else that was on there. You know what I mean? On Atlantic right now. Yeah. So, you know, and I just look at E-40 and where he at and where he going through, and I'd be like, damn, you know what I mean? He's still relevant and doing his thing. We would have been right there because that we did this music shit. You know what I mean? All came right. thing through us sidetracked at us was the drama. The drama. Fucked up everything, but without that drama, man, it would have been, man, we would have been a force to be reckoned with. I know that for a fact. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. And even now, with me keeping this torch lit, it's still working out. You know, I don't lost both of my boys, and it's, it's still working out. You know what I mean? I'm still able to make some nice bread, and you know, put out merchandise and sell real well. Do skateboard deals and
1: yeah, you know, merchandise deals show.
0: with motherfuckers, licensing my shit. You know what I mean? To different little companies and songs and shit, you know, it's still working out, but it would have been way better, man. I think we'd have more than just those two classic albums that everybody look at as our first two albums. We would have went on to three, four, five, five classic albums, you know. Right, so,
1: right.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah so right.
1: yeah. so um, how how was, what, what was the atmosphere like our way with the, uh, when the media was blowing up the East Coast, West Coast beef?
0: Man, the atmosphere was crazy. Shit, out here, you know, out here, you know how it was out here, man. Motherfuckers was loving, you know, everybody was loving Tupac, off. So. Yeah. Motherfuckers was in, shit, in army mode, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> if, if it's on, it's own, you know what I mean? You know, Tupac yeah. had it. I ain't gonna lie, especially up here in the Bay. Motherfuckers was ready to ride a dog for Pac. Shit, all right. Pac had to do was just say, point out a motherfucker and say, man, you come right. here, nigga, we at you. And motherfuckers was going, oh, it was gonna happen. You know what I
1: mean? <laughs> yeah, it was
0: it was ugly for East Coast around this motherfucker, especially in the Bay, man. because we when Bay rocking with somebody, the Bay rock with you, like Mac Dre. When the Bay yeah. rock with him, the Bay rock with him. Mac Dre had this motherfucker locked down. Why I ain't why? seen nobody it locked down like Mac Dre since. Period. Even before that, Tupac had a little bit of influence, but not like Mac Dre.
1: Yeah. You know what I
0: mean? And the good thing Mac Dre was a good motherfucker, because if he was one of the motherfuckers who was on banging mode and be like, you know what I mean, points out of yeah. motherfucking like Giddy
1: oh, he would have a,
0: <laughs> he would have thousands of motherfuckers out, of him. I'm telling you, you wouldn't be able to come to this Bay Area. if Mac Dre said he didn't want you here for real. Right. You know what I mean. He was a good motherfucker. I love that boy to death, man, because he gave... If you notice, anybody that talk about Mac Dre always, like, talk like they had a personal, personal relationship with him because he gave everybody time. I don't give a fuck where he was at, what he was doing. He'll stop, and he'll talk to you for 10, 20, 30 minutes and just chop it up with you, you know what I mean? Eye to eye, like, you know what I mean? Giving you that time where you felt special, like, damn, like, man, Dre just actually sat here. He ain't on no star power shit, and he can be. He really sat here and just... chopped it up with me and you know what I mean and and, and, and kicked it with me and smoked with me and drank with me and you know what I mean man I love that boy man love him man we got we got show tapes right now with all type of shows with this dude coming on on coming on after us and when we on stage we do bamboo Week this boy coming out this is right before he blew up with all that this shit yeah. We got him on shows friends Fresno with him coming out with us, like, rocking and shit. We, bam, we coming on. He out there doing his little fizzle dances and all that uh-huh. shit before yeah. he really, really took us, like, right when he first got out of jail and shit. Like, yeah. loving my boy, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah I look at a lot of that old footage and be like, damn, man. You know, we did, like, four shows with him, and it yeah. was lovely, man. Him and Kilo sure. and them, man. Got love for them boys. Love for them. Yeah. Man. Yes,
1: because uh, the way you're talking about, hey, uh, Dre just put me in mind of uh Felix Mitchell, man, the way he had uh, Oakland locked down at that time, back in the, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, back yeah, in the 80s. Yeah. Hell yeah,
0: shit, man, Felix, man. That, that's a whole nother
1: story.
0: I was a real, I was a young nigga witnessing that shit, you know what I mean, shit. Yeah. Hell yeah, Felix had it locked down. Locked down, man. Shit. Man, that's real. You know, there's only so many motherfuckers can influence. You know, you got power when you can influence not only towns and cities and whatever like that, but when that whole coast. You know what I mean? That's one thing to go back to pockets like, man, this nigga had a whole coast, like, ready to willing to do whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's right. like
0: shit, you know, rest in peace, Biggie. But that's why that shit happened so fast to Biggie like that. It was like. Hold on. We lost Pac, man. This shit, nah, man. We can't just take this loss like that, and that, that shit happened immediately. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, that was big, man. That was, that was big, man. Motherfucker lost Pac, man. We lost a lot. You know, we just now starting to rebound from losing Pac right now. You know, the youngsters like YG and the Nipsey Hussles and the dudes and the Beta I Am Sues and the Mozies and all them are starting to, you know, make waves right now and do their little yeah. thing. But we just yeah. now starting to rebound off of that shit. Really, shit. The Bay yeah, because, and really the yeah. Bay was suffering, but LA was kind of making a little mark. But the Bay been suffering. You know what yeah, I mean? Right.
1: Yeah. So look. Yeah, so, man. So, so, so. With your opinion? You know why? Why do you think the West Coast had fell off, man? You know, because I mean the West Coast had it locked for. I, I'm really they had they had it locked for the throughout the nineties, man. You know. And
0: uh, just all of a sudden, um, it was like, "Boof." I just think the music just changed, man. You know what I mean? I think we all fell off, and it's just that we handed the ball to the South. That's all it was. The South came with that. They came with a with with with, with uh, loyalty amongst each other. They was like fucking with each other. They showed how to network. They yeah. was they was they came with that music that ain't burnt out yet. You know yeah. what I mean? Them niggas know how to network in the Bay Area is a lot of spoiled motherfuckers who came up through that independent game. Nobody wanna network. It's the kind of the crabs in the bucket thing going on. And yeah. it's like everybody wanna be on top instead of like, you know what I mean, i pat you on the back, you pat me on the back, I pull you up, you pull me up, I pull you up. It's like, you know, it ain't really got that like how the South is. Them niggas network and get money together, man. Them dudes. It ain't, you know what I mean, ain't no animosity around that motherfucker when you look at it. Even though they might have problems, they got a few OGs that'll bring that shit back together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like our Jay Prince is just like when T.I. and then when whoever was going through it, you got a few OGs who'll bring that shit back together. That shit ain't happening out here. Like, it'll really be gunplay and motherfuckers be getting knocked down around here. And yeah. you ain't got them OGs who got that seniority who can pull some shit together. You know what I mean? It's like the wild, wild west. That's
1: pretty much what it
0: is. Motherfuckers ain't, you know, it's like, nigga, I don't want to hear that shit that OG talking to. You can't tell me nothing. Nigga, with some guns. What you done?
1: Whatever have you been doing?
0: It's like, we got that attitude out here, man. And it's like, yeah. we suffering behind that shit, man. And it's like, the music, it was, it was just like, as soon as that shit happened with Pac, and all that shit, the, 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 even the East Coast. The East Coast was suffering too, you know what I mean? But the all thing right. about the East, them niggas, was, they, they was willing to make that change. And a few of them niggas start, they breeded, the South breeded a couple of, niggas out of the out of the East that was kind of sounding like the South, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the yeah. West was still on that sea walking type of coming with that sea seabunk shit and all that. And it was like, that shit wasn't working no more. It was like, man, we got to speed the tempo up. Like, you know what I mean? These East Coast niggas was moving their tempo up. And we not. We still around them 80s and up to 92 beats per minute. And it's like, these niggas right now is up in the hundreds and shit. And you know what I mean? They making some shit that the females want to fuck with. And you got to come with that shit. You know what I mean? That trap music, all that shit, man. Start making motherfuckers, like, think different. Like, wait a minute. South got something. It's like in the... We had to find our way back in. You know what I mean? And it was luckily that we, we kind of went back to the old shit because that DJ Mustard shit is shit like how us and E-40, Studio Tone, all them niggas was producing yeah. like back in the days. You know what yeah. I mean? All that shit like Function and shit, like that 40 of them came with. That ain't nothing but like my listen to my creep beat.
1: Yeah. You know what I
0: mean? Without the echoes on it, they bringing back a lot of our old shit and putting them new wave drums on them motherfuckers and shit and adding a right. little bit of them South, little, hey, 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 you know, all that shit. Yeah, it's like,
1: yeah.
0: you know what I mean? They bringing that shit back, and that's what you got to do. We, we, we finally, you know, reinvented ourselves to where now we got a few niggas who know how to turn up now on some West Coast kind of sounding shit. Everybody right. ain't really got to come on that, you know what I mean, that South shit. So that's why I say we just now starting to rebound, because there's a few niggas that knew how to do it. We got a few dudes like Sage Jim and I who came out with a couple hits. I Am Sue. You know, yeah. you got the Pharaohs in them now and shit like who'm trying to do their thing. And now Mozzie right. coming back, he reminded me like of an earlier Sibo when Sebo yeah, came like, through mobbing and shit, slapping yeah. like off that mob-ass shit. And he kind of like, he spitting them, them gang tails like off that shit. And it's yeah. like now he got like the wave. He like, he just pulled everybody now. Everybody on Mozzie shit like right now around this world, yeah. all the young niggas. You know, and Now you see a lot of young niggas trying to sound like him, and he's trying to influence a lot of young niggas to where now they kind of, they ain't dumbed down as much as Mozzie kind of, he got lyrics, and he, you know, he kind of, he he sound intelligent. He using words and this shit and that wordplay where it's like, man, this little nigga, at a minute, he got, this nigga, you know, he, he's smart. This yeah. nigga's using right. words. He ain't just saying no dumbed down shit and just using Ebonics. He, you know, he, he being slick with it, and it's like it's a lot of dudes now who doing the same thing. And if that's what we need instead of motherfuckers being influenced by our future or amigos and you know, kind of with that flow, you, <laughs> know,
1: what right, I mean? right. you know what I mean?
0: You know what I mean? So
1: yeah, I'm loving it now,
0: man. I'm really loving it. You know what I mean? Right. I'm loving where okay. we headed right now. But
1: hey, but you know what? I I I got to put this out there, man. With uh, you know that that damn e farted, man. You know, now you talk about somebody who could really just reinvent himself, man. That's some a gun I mean his work is off the rip the st- rip the scale right now, hey, man. Everybody
0: fucking with forty, man. That's man, my brother I mean, right there from another yeah. man.
1: That's that was,
0: <laughs> Man, props. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: you know what I mean? They need to have an you know, award just
0: to being able to survive through the all these decades and just yep. be able to be relevant all through right. every decade, through every music, genre, era. Forty yeah. and did his motherfucker. I say the only person that probably give him a little run for his money on the west is Snoop Dogg. Snoop the only one True. too who kind of been knowing how to stay around and do himself and keep himself relevant, you know, and stay it an is, icon. And is, he know how, is, how to make some certain. Is, he know how to get with certain producers and make certain kind of music to keep him relevant. But 40 right. is a motherfucker though. Ain't, <laughs> ain't nobody yeah, fucking yeah. Forty.
1: I he's his old right, old. right now. You yeah, I, mean? I mean, he got he got was close to forty albums all together, don't he? I know it's... all yeah. together. Uh, he don't even have to
0: put out that much, he's he giving you music. He's showing my like, man, you can't fuck with me. I run laps around you niggas with these albums right I now, and everything slapping,
1: yeah, everything
0: slapping. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I'm I, serious, plus, man. I, and plus, you know, <laughs> his, his business savvy, man, because I remember, uh. I can't remember the name of the albums, but I know it was, uh, it was three of them. It was, uh, what, the day shift, the night shift, and, uh, the yeah. rain shift, I think. And, and the way he had it set up, if you wanted to buy them separate, they had their own barcode. But if you wanted to buy them together, he had a barcode for that. I'm like, man, this dude, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I
0: ain't never heard it like that, man. Man, I mean, I, I got he don't head even have to, to, man, That's- Ooh, that boy is so dope, man.
1: Yeah. I
0: I don't know what to say about forty. He in a league of his own, man. That boy, yeah, exactly, man, 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 they don't man. Man.
1: Such as him, man. They can say what they want, but I mean that that is one OG who who, who getting his props, man. You you gonna remember he forty?
0: Oh, oh yeah, man. of course. Man. Yeah, of
1: course.
0: You know what I mean? That's what yeah. they need to have, man. They need to put out a motherfucker. Award just for what that they got these motherfucking hip hop awards, man. Cause uh, he doing his damn thing, man. Motherfuckers can't fuck with Forty, man. I, yeah, I don't yeah, give a right. fuck, man. That boy <laughs> putting out quality though too. It ain't like he just throwing out exactly. some bullshit like a lot of these niggas with these three four albums. Like, I mean, yeah. this
1: shit, man. Be every song, everything is quality. Slap. Yeah, like, exactly. I'd be like, damn, Forty, man. Yeah, because I mean like with E 40 and then the uh the Starface album that came out last year you know that that that, that that's proof that good music can still be made. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scarface right. shit was right.
0: slapping. I'm surprised people slept on Scarface shit. Yeah, this shit was slapping. Yeah. I was you know, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. buy my all own say. stuff and shit, yeah. man. I I pick up all that shit. I pick yeah. it all up, man. Space shit was slapping, man, and motherfuckers slept on that motherfucker like crazy. There's yeah, a lot of my niggas who I was fucking with, they like, man, what you what's that you saw? I'm like, face y'all heard of this three, four, five months after he came out. I am like, No, I didn't even know he had an man. I'm like, man, oh, this is YouTube on. era, man. Motherfuckers are sleeping on motherfuckers who got, yeah. who got joints right now. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. man. So, so Bummer you got something you wanna ask, man? Yeah, yeah. Uh when when did you start White Way Productions? <laughs> You're a production company. Oh, I started that in uh,
0: like at the end of '94, going into '95, because I put out Hitman. Hitman was the first artist on Right Way, and I had uh, put him out in '95. So we started it up, in like right at the end of '94, when Jason started playing with our checks on yeah. that Rufus by Law album that came out in '94, um, yeah. he didn't want to pay us. We sold like a motherfucker. And he was trying to say that he had had to hold back money based on them samples from our first album. He was like, man, I got to hold back y'all checks because I got to clear all the samples. So I was like, man, I ain't even finna play with this motherfucking boy. Let me go and start up my own label and let me get this independent money. I know how to get it independently. Away from that shit, nigga, you won't get another RBO album. Nigga, I'm finna just go and do this shit independently. And that's what I went and did. I went and started that shit up and... Put Hitman out and killed him. That nigga sold like ninety thousand yeah. units out the trunk. You know what I mean? I went to City yeah. Hall Records. Yeah. They went over there and got my bread. Boy, I ate off that motherfucker like a motherfucker. That's, up, yeah. Ninety thousand units, independent man. That was all me out the trunk. Me pressing up my own shit and Walter buying them motherfuckers. Period. You know what,
1: yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, buddy, getting like eleven dollars so, a CD off the motherfuckers. That's the bread. So so all the albums that you had did since then, you own all the masters too. Oh yeah, I own all my
0: shit. Everything on Right Way is all me. Everything, even I got my masters back to my first two. My uh, Lesson yeah. to Be Learned and my Ruthless by Law album. That's all me. Only one okay. that I own is the intimate, I mean, the Atlantic record one, which is I for an I. You know okay. what I mean. That's the only yeah. one that's still up in limbo with them. You know what I mean. But uh, hey. even when I talked to Mike Heron, the one that owned it, I was telling him, I was like, man, you know, I'm like, y'all ain't pressing this up. I'm thinking about pressing this up. And he's like, man, do what you got to do. I don't really care.
1: Well, you know, well. so, hey, I,
0: so I'd have been pressing that up. And I ain't got no letters or nothing from them motherfuckers or nothing. So it's been cool. So,
1: yeah, yeah I'm yeah, gonna yeah. put
0: it out digitally and everything. They ain't said shit. So it's been going on damn near a decade since I did that. So.
1: What? What? They
0: ain't said nothing. So yeah, Mike Karen been cool about everything, man. Him and Craig Callum, man, they ain't tripped. They like that's little money compared to the groups and shit they fucking with right now. They ain't worried about it. But now if I went gold to platinum and that motherfucker start reselling, they be knocking at my doors. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was I was in E forty mode right now. The motherfuckers would definitely be having some problems. Like, oh wait a minute, hold on. You know what I mean? What? But since I ain't really, you know what I mean, I ain't really making no waves at the moment. They ain't really too much tripping. They like, man, do what you got to do. That's, that's little shit. You ain't going to affect what we got going on over here. So, right. Right, yeah, but that's the only one. Everything else, all my 19, 18, 19 albums in my catalog is all me except I for an I. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything is all me. That '70s right. baby is dope, yo. I like that new joint, yo. That's just dope. The '70s baby. Man, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I try to. I always wanted to do an album like that where I kind of use all them '70s influence samples and you know had yeah. a '70s mood to it, man. I always yeah, wanted to do dope. that, especially being a '70s baby. Yeah. I was like, man, dope. I got to do that, man. Yeah. Get <laughs> a couple man. record release yeah, parties, yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. It's just
1: something about it's just something about doing a doing a doing an album with them with them seventies with the, with them seventy song samples man. It it's just something about that it's just something about that funk man.
0: I know, man. That that soul, man, that's in it, you because know, that seventies yeah. is when they was really making music music, really using Real. bass guitars and guitars. And, you know, the yeah. had them big bands where they was making music. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the last era before it started going into that electric shit like where Atlantic yeah. Star and yeah. all these fucking eight oh eights and you know, electric <laughs> guitars and shit, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Disco and all that shit. That was like the last era of that real, real music where them motherfuckers had real jam sessions and shit playing that real bass, like playing yeah. music, Dang. man. You know what I mean? Real road and fenders and, you know, roads playing the Wurlitzer pianos and, you know, motherfucker playing the roads and shit. It's like, man, they had melodies, man. Yeah, you had the in the
1: yeah. 70s. Well, you had to have the band in the studio. <laughs> had to have them
0: in the studio on that big ass half inch or two inch. You know what I mean? A one inch real to real, yeah. man, in yeah. Yeah. and they're playing that shit like you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <For> real, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, thank you. So, you want
0: to ask? Yeah, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Uh, when you were growing up, what music did you listen to? I like, you know who influenced you when you were Um, uh, like I said, like uh, mainly like uh all George Clinton acts from Bootsy to the P Funk Funkadelic, all you know all the P Funk all stars, all them to Rick James, I mean man, it's I mean right. D V wonders to you know what I mean
1: oh, yeah. uh yeah. Earth
0: Wind and Fires, all that, you know what I mean, as far as when it comes to that type of music. Uh as far as when it comes to rap, uh, it was a lot, you know, from two shorts to NWA. You know, um, I used to be listening to the Steady Bs, the BDPs. They, you know, the criminal minded era all during that time. You oh, know, uh, Public Enemy back when they was damn near sounding gangster, and they first two out, you know, all that shit. You know, I yeah. I was into all that. You know, what I mean, Ex Clan, everything. You okay. know what I mean? I, I was right. in a, a lot, a lot. You know, so. Already. Yes, up. sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I listen
1: yeah, so, to everything. Yeah, so what you uh what you got going on nowadays, man? And where what, what can the people reach you? Um,
0: you know, uh, as far as nowadays, what I got going on, I'm kind of like getting into my merchandise, and like I said, I just did a few licensing deals with skateboard companies. I did something with real skateboards. Well, uh, they, I, I let them license a couple of my songs for so their DVDs, and then I got with FTC, we did a couple of throwback shirts with our first album. Yeah. We did, uh, you know, put out our first album. We got our album uh, edition uh, T-shirts that we did with them. We did a No Bummer series with uh, LRG. We did uh, a yeah. thing with them, with LRG company, with the No Bammer, uh shirts. And then um, okay, we just I got did something fun, like man. recently. Yeah, yeah. We just did uh some uh, uh the other uh company called Quartet Skateboards. We just released uh another RVL skateboard with uh me and Hitman on it.
1: Um yeah. uh,
0: I for one I like edition. We did one too with F T C with our first album cover on the board. Them might be still on FTC.com, but uh as far as this new one, this one just dropped this week. I believe okay. Monday. They just put up the link to the one with uh the iPhone I edition with me and Hitman only. That one just re- recently dropped. And then I got the uh the merchandise on my website. We got uh, we got the RBL, the Bluebird shirts that we got. I just got the sample hats back in. They're gonna be out, uh the Bammerweed hats, the Bluebird hats and the RBL college style hats will be out uh November, I believe November first. And uh, we got the Bluebird shirts and hats and all that, the baseball tees, the match. This shit is dope as hell, man. This company, Shalom Clothing Line, man, who I, I did this stuff with. and they real dope, real quality. They deal with, like, Cookies Clothing Line. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people out here, you know, I think CBC, too. Uh, they did a lot of stuff. Like, man, they, they got some quality gear, man. So, you know, I'm just kind of right now just getting into the licensing and the merchandising of my stuff, you know, because there's a lot of little youngsters who grew up. You know, they like, man, my uncles and aunties and this and that I used to bump y'all albums. And, you know, there's a lot of skateboarders <laughs> yeah. that really like our first album. And I'm surprised that a lot of these skateboard companies is getting at us to do licensing deals from DVDs to, you know, just skateboards, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, it's just crazy how it's like breathing in new air into me. these youngsters is just kind of getting up on us. So that's kind of what I've been doing as far as merchandise. And um, I got my groups, like I said, hardheads and them. I got young AR, H2MG AR, who just came out uh, with his single Richest, like uh last week. It's like uh he remade two short uh one of two short uh beats. Um um I forgot what song. I think it's uh the dope Fiend beat uh song. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah did be- that one. So and uh yeah, then I got uh, my other group, um um, they ain't actually a group. They kind of like they, they solo artists that came together. Uh, my boy Killer Tate, the Don, C W, the Duck Third, and uh, my boy Young Shy. They just redid one of our songs, uh, a less, uh, Lessons of Suggestions. A oh, yeah, to be yeah. They redid that one. We just dropped the video to that like uh, about a month ago. That one's doing real well right now. And uh basically Absolutely. that's it, just kinda in the studio working with the youngsters, man. I'm thinking about starting to start getting back in the studio myself and do a couple of singles. You know, I put out the seventies, baby, in a Still Ruthless album and got yeah. everybody from b forty to, you know, C Bowls and Mac yeah. Mom and all them on it. I got all the nineties era dudes that was from my class on the album and uh yeah, with that album I'm still kinda pushing pushing because it got kinda got slept on. So I'm yeah. still pushing that still ruthless album and uh that's pretty much it, man. And, you know, if they want to get in touch with us or stay on track with us, you know, they can go to rblposse.com. The, the store's gonna be the store is on there.
1: You know, all our
0: uh, social media sites at rblposse, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or whatever, it's at rblposse. So you know, in rblposse.com for all the merchandise. Right. You know what I mean? The CDs and everything, videos is up on there and everything. So. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it, man. That's, that's that's what I've been lock and loaded with. That's okay, cool.
1: Yeah, and I just wanted to throw that out there, man. That with everything you got going on, it might be pretty cool if you have a uh, like a collector's edition uh, skateboard with Mr. C and Hitman's face on it, you know? Yeah, that might come about right <laughs>
0: we like now we're working on that T-shirt. We're working on the uh, Hitman yeah. and Mr. C T-shirt with one of their quotables on it. So maybe that might Turn into a skateboard. You never know, man. You know, these yeah. dudes be, you know, they be working, man. They're working, put it together, and then they call you and be like, hey, man, you know, I'll put this together. What's up, man? You want to license this and do a deal? You be like, damn, okay, damn, that look good. Yeah, I'm ready to... yeah, let's do that. So, yeah.
1: you know, I might take it yeah. over there to
0: Quartet because I like their work. Quartet did a real, a real good job with this one with me and Mr. C. So,
1: once yeah. this dude yeah.
0: finish, man, doing this uh, Mr. Wow. C Hitman tribute t. I might end up uh, taking that T over there and getting it, you know, turned into a, you know, some type of uh, skateboard for them. So, you know, that's yeah. a good idea. That's a good idea. i
1: Yeah. So, man, just uh, do us a favor and give us a shout-out, man.
0: Okay, for sure. Yeah, man, it's your boy Black C from RBL Posse, man, one half of the RBL Posse, man, and you listen to that graffiti talk radio, man. One love, your boy Black, signing out.